0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air.
1: Welcome to Sightlines, your guide to the visual arts in and around Dunedin. I'm Sally McMillan, and this programme is brought to you by the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Society. In today's show, we're exploring the connections between art, fashion and design. We'll be asking why fashion belongs in museums and galleries and what fashion can tell us about the society we live in. I'll be talking to Craig Scott and Margot Barton about a fabulous new fashion exhibition at Otago Museum. But first, here's Ross Curry with What's New in the Dunedin Art Scene. This is Snapshot.
0: Well, the Milford Gallery in Dowling Street is a show by Robert Yanker and N. Scott that ends on June 15th and another show opening up on June the 19th with work by Darren George and John Parker, the ceramic artist. Further down the road at the Brent McDowell Gallery, Richard Killeen's show ends on June 10th and the annual popular Japanese print show opens on June 12th. This year it's from the golden age of ukiyo-e, 1780 to 1830. The Otago Art Society has two major shows at the railway station this this in June. The Biennial Cleveland National Art Award is open until June the 12th. This is a total prize pool of $9,000 and it's a celebration of New Zealand's artistic diversity and open to all visual artistic disciplines. The Otago Art Society's 145th annual show follows the Cleveland. The society reflects the large number of people who paint, print or draw in Dunedin. Some are trained, others do it as a hobby. But it's a reminder that we have a big community of artists in New Zealand. A wealth
1: doing, of very capable people. That's
0: right. The FE29 Gallery in Sandringham, St. Clair, has a show by Vicky Gordon from June the 5th to the 27th. It's called Grit. And the paintings explore the physical and emotional challenges faced by women as they transition through menopause. And our own Dunedin Public Art Gallery has the show from the late Guy Ngan, which goes to the 18th of July. This is a stunning show, and the first time we've had a major exhibition of a very important artist in New Zealand. It has prints, oil paints, and sculptures. Don't miss it. Also, we still have style, Style and Substance, a journey through the collection, until the 16th of May. From the Shore, which ends on the 11th of July, has artists that share concerns with what it means to represent Indigenous people.
1: Thanks, that's fantastic, and what an amazing array of opportunities for art lovers in Otago to come and enjoy what's on show. Thanks, Ross. And now it's time for Viewpoint, our monthly feature item. In today's show we're Fashion Forward. My first guest is Craig Scott, Head of Exhibitions and Creative Services at Otago Museum. Craig, welcome. Kia ora, Sally. So this exhibition was the brainchild of Doctor Margot Barton and we'll be talking to her next. But as head of exhibitions, what attracted you to the idea of a fashion exhibition?
2: I actually was looking today back through emails just to see where that very first sort of point of inception was, and it was coming off an exhibition we had in 2017, which was called Current, and Margot was on the panel for that that selected the sort of local artists that then came and chose a piece from our collection and reinterpreted it. Um, So following the success we had with that, Margot emailed us about the 15th anniversary of the ID Emerging Designer Awards and proposed an exhibition to us, and it seemed like a really cool idea. I love fashion, and it sort of seemed like something that the museum would be want to be a part of. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: So did you have a hard job convincing your colleagues at the museum that an exhibition of clothes was a great idea? I mean, it's not exactly science.
2: Yeah, I guess as well, coming off something that was deemed a fashion exhibition, I guess there was maybe some thought that we were going to be oversaturating the market in fashion, but everyone loves fashion, come on.
1: Well, we all wear clothes. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, So the way that we sort of progressed about it, we had a few meetings and planned to do something in 2019, but time sort of got away on us. Um, We ended up doing a smaller intervention out at Dunedin Airport comprised of four garments from the emerging designer collection and we sort of profiled them and they started to sort of fit within different themes that sort of emerged from their creative practice and inspiration behind it um, so that was called reemerging. and as part of that we included a touchscreen that had some museum garments in it just digital versions um, that then sort of spoke to those similar themes as well and that was kind of the sort of catalyst for what became fashion forward.
1: Right. I know I certainly saw the garments at the airport and I thought that was marvellous and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have been in the same boat. Um, what sort of feedback did you get from the, that?
2: The feedback was great. Um, people just really loved seeing the garments. Some of them obviously were familiar. They'd been at the runway shows where they had featured. There was you know, just sort of a lot of buzz around what a cool concept it was, especially having those bits of the museum Items there, sort of bringing that in, but obviously it would have been lovely to have the actual museum items there as well.
1: One of the comments that we frequently get from people who attend ID Fashion, they would love to be able to get closer to the garments to actually see them in finer detail and even be able to touch them. When you'd had the garments at the airport, did you get good feedback around that aspect of things?
2: Yeah, and that was something that we sort of were conscious of when we were developing how it was going to be. So we. Made sure that the cases were ones that you could actually get up really close to. We even had mirror in the base so you could sort of see underneath and sort of yeah, fantastic all the like little nooks and crannies.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how did the the content of the exhibition uh, fashion forward? How did that evolve from Margot's initial proposal?
2: So after seeing the success of the reemerging show, um, we were like, well, the sixteenth and the twenty first are better parties, aren't they? So actually, that, that came from Margot. <laughs> so um, we were put a proposal forward to the executive team to sort of make it a larger exhibition and also include the physical items from the museum collection to actually sort of make what was initially our hope into an actual reality.
1: Okay, so, so you've got a combination uh, in fashion forward, disruption through design, there's a combination of ID emerging designer garments, how many of those?
2: There are 24.
1: Okay, and then you combine those with um, textile exhibits from the museum's own collection?
2: Correct, yes, there's 42 pieces and they sort of span the um, 200 years of the museum's sort of collection. Um, we've got some pieces that are more sort of accessories as well as such. Um, and right up until new acquisitions as well.
1: And how did you select those pieces Craig? Because obviously the museum has an enormous collection uh, amongst its textile range and so what were the things that you were looking for when you chose those particular pieces?
2: Yeah it's funny like I guess because I'm not technically a curator as such we have um, professionals for that at the museum but we um, actually all sat in a room together and sort of can not necessarily like a hunger games of like I want this one, I want that one, but um we like had sort of a large spreadsheet of potential ideas and we looked at where there's sort of a um, common themes starting to come across that linked in with the ideas that were sort of coming through in the emerging designers as well.
1: Okay. So all of this was taking place in which year?
2: 2018, 2019. Long
1: time ago now. And then along came COVID. So what impact did that have on your ability to get this exhibition happening?
2: It was a significant impact. We were one day into production. We'd literally started to build plinths in the gallery space and cases kept rising. Um, And I just had this feeling, I was like, Nobody's going to come and see this and it's going to be deemed a failure even though COVID's the excuse and we'll never get to do a fashion exhibition again. Um, So quite
1: positive then. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, So also coming at it from a financial aspect, the museum obviously generates half the funding itself um, through our own commercial activities. So putting that resource into something that the community wasn't going to get to see wasn't the best use of money. Uh, So we managed to defer it by a year and somehow I also magically seemed to defer it to reopen on the one-year anniversary of lockdown.
1: Tempting fate. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) And so it was quite disruptive, the whole process. Exactly. Which brings me to a question about the title of the exhibition, Disruption Through Design. What's that all about then?
2: So when we were looking at the themes that were starting to come through, uh, the idea was that all the emerging designers were pulling from their different aspects of creativity and imagination. And... A lot of the ideas were sort of pushing convention, pushing boundaries, and sort of disrupting the status quo. But when you actually look at the garments from the museum's collection, for the time they were in, they were doing the exact same thing. While they may seem a historical garment now, there's uh, items in the show, sort of like a riding skirt, which from the outside looks like a skirt, but it's actually got pants built into it. So you could, like, ride a horse or ride a bike Very and ricy. still be modest. Yeah
1: okay and what give us give us some other examples what what other garments feature particularly I think in the museum 's own textile collection which which challenge convention, which speak disruption
2: uh well obviously there's quite a few i 'm trying to think of some of my favorites um there's an interesting one that sort of talks its looks kind of plain as such, but the story behind it it 's a honeymoon outfit, so you 'd wear it after you got married um when you went away with your husband carriage and it was sort of kind of a typical kind of gender stereotype, I guess, in that yeah. convention of man, woman, wear this this way and go and do this thing, where as today, I guess we're having that conversation that that's not how it goes now necessarily. Mm, so mm. I think while some of them, it's also clear that you can kind of see how society has evolved yes. over time, so they're disruptive in that way, I guess.
1: So gender is in fact one of the touch points of the exhibition. Correct. And it also includes themes like body image, escapism, well-being and the environment. And I guess some people might look at the exhibition on its face and get great pleasure from a gallery full of beautiful and interesting garments. But of course there's more to it than that. What can you tell us about that, about the other touchstones to the exhibition?
2: Yeah, so we really wanted to make a show that wasn't just fashion like here's something pretty to look at we wanted there to be like a deeper layer of meaning to it that I guess the visitors will have to in a way discover themselves but also it's a point to start to have a bigger conversation with our visitors with the community and with society um, so it was really important to try and weave those sort of aspects in in a cheeky way that will kind of also I guess kind of disruptive that you when you actually read about the garment it has a whole other like, layer of meaning that can kind of blow your mind.
1: So people need to go in there and think about what they're looking at. Exactly. If they want to. So what's your favourite garment?
2: I think my favourite garment would have to be Chin Hao te 's piece from the 2015 um, collection. Uh, it's called Be Wear Beer, and it's this ginormous piece of tartan and fluff that sort of envelops the whole body. Um, his whole collection was based around the idea of... Um, Escaping reality, it's this sort of genderless form that sort of just gives you comfort. But yeah, and sort of just, yeah, it's, I don't know, you have to see it. to I have
1: to see it to believe it and believe understand. It, yeah. And I think that garment is the same one that has been seen on the back of buses all over Dunedin yeah, in all three, recent times. We've got,
2: um, yeah, three items that are our promotional imagery.
1: So how's the exhibition been received, Craig?
2: It's been incredibly popular. Considering the museum has got a sort of like 20% decrease in visitors at least Um the numbers are on par with previous exhibitions we've had that have been free to the public. We recently just had um, the founders of Boosted Through, who um, funded our lovely publication that was also match-funded by Macmillan and Co. Lawyers. Um, so they got to see that in the flesh, which was really cool, and they, their mind was blown by the exhibition. They said it was highlight of their trip to Dunedin. And we also had the uh, director of the Science and Art Museum in Singapore who came through, um, Hona Hager. She's originally from Dunedin, and she loved seeing what we were doing there as well. And just the general visitors, the family area, it's yeah, it's been greatly received.
1: And I know I've heard people say too that it's comparable to exhibitions that they've seen at the V&A in London. So, Craig, that's, I'd say, pretty successful for a room full of clothes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks Craig. Well my next guest is Dr Margot Barton who is the Professor and Academic Leader for Fashion at Otago Polytechnic. Margot welcome to Sightlines. You must be delighted with the success of Disruption Through Design. Kia ora, Sally. Yes I am absolutely delighted that um, it's
3: finally here in the year of our 70, 17th And
1: 22nd birthday, which is fantastic. So that's the 17th and 22nd birthday of I.D. Dunedin, which I know many of our listeners will be very familiar with. Now, this exhibition is your brainchild, and it came about through your role as Professor of Fashion at Otago Polytech, but also your side hustle as a Chair of I.D. Dunedin Fashion. Tell us, how was this brainchild conceived? A few years ago, I think it was for our 10th and...
3: 15th maybe. Uh, Amy Richardson who was our PR person back then came up with the idea she thought we should do a, um, a publication and maybe an exhibition then but of course we didn't. And then working with Craig and his team on the current exhibition was fantastic and I thought well I might as well put it to them. And see what we could do. Of course, me not really realising, I, I had cura- co-curated a few exhibitions with Dr. Jane Malthus, and so I had a few under my belt, but I hadn't really realised the huge machine that is Otago yes.
1: Museum, and, and they were just, yeah, brilliant so you're biting off quite a lot to choose. So, exactly. So Jane Malthus was a curator on this exhibition. Who and, else did you work with? And also um, Moira White, so the, the three of us, and s- such a huge team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, a, and a big project. So the exhibition features both ID emerging designer finalists and museum pieces, as we've mm. heard from Craig. From your perspective, how did the addition of the museum pieces enrich the exhibition? I just love that conversation between the what
3: was disruptive in that time and some of it is still disruptive. There's an incredible petticoat that's got a, a blow-up piece in it to make it stick out and hold the, the garment out. There's some really fascinating techniques and fascinating things to say. There's a sundress that's got a man on it who's wearing Speedos. It's so quirky and funny. That's scary.
1: <laughs> What's your favourite
3: piece? Oh, my favourite piece. So I think um, I've got so many favourites, but uh, I've got two favourites I want to talk about. And one of them is Meg Gallagher, who's uh, actually they're both graduates, apologies. Meg Gallagher, who's a graduate of the Polytechnic and now the um, design director at SUBY Jeans in Australia, her work from her 2008 collection, shown in 2 9, is still wearable. It was um, inspired by the Egyptian mummies, and it's, it's incredible. And I've actually got a piece from there that I still wear. The other one is Fiona Ralph's collection that really explores um, body image, and she's created a Ka- Kardashian-like um, backside, and she did her shoot um, in a hospital in the surgery. I think what she was saying back then, and I don't have that year off the top of my head, but I think it's 2007
1: or 2006, mm-hmm. And the way that that piece is exhibited is is quite clever too because Mm -hmm. as you're walking along towards it, it just looks like shorts and a shirt. And it's only when you get side onto it that you realise that she has this enormous Mm. Kardashian-like inflatable bottom. Mm. So the title of the exhibition, Fashion Forward Disruption Through Design, how do some of the garments speak to that title?
3: At their time, I'm thinking about the emerging designer garments, at their time they were disruptive. Uh, We've got uh, one of the pieces from Croatia, uh, from Vedrana, is laser cut. We'd never seen laser cutting when that came and um, I'm afraid I do not have the year that 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 was um, entered. And now that's commonplace, so that's quite lovely to see that. And another one I'm thinking is another use of technology is... um, the technology by Raquel Blomsberg, that's laser printing. I mean, yeah, digital, digital printing. printing. Mm, and mm. we'd never seen that before, but now it's quite commonplace. Yes. So that's quite lovely. And another uh, one is Cassandra's from Kent State University, and hers is fantastic. That's a university that's really focused on public good, and her fantastic yellow coat,
1: is absolutely beautiful, turns into a tent for four people. How useful. Very. <laughs> so do you think fashion is art? And I know that's a big question and, and I can imagine your brain is probably exploding at me even asking it. But what is your view of that? My view
3: is that fashion is not art, but I know that my view differs from many. Yes. My view is that there is fashion, there is art in fashion, there is art in wearing fashion, there is an art of making fashion and... Uh, I don't think fashion is art. However, there's many things that art and fashion or design have in common. For instance, a little spark of a concept, something to say to the world. It's a tricky one. You asked me this, to think about this before I came, and I,
1: I was having an argument with myself the whole time. It is, it isn't, it is, it isn't. So I think at the time when we first spoke about it, you said that you thought fashion is where art and design collide. Would that be a fair assessment? Do you think? Mm,
3: yes, it could be. It could also be where art and science collide
1: in some places. So yes, yes, indeed, mm. and, and indeed, at the exhibition, one of the side exhibitions is a silkworm, mm. little mini silkworm factory, uh, which people can go and see how the silkworm thing mm. works. So, science and design can indeed mm. collide. I want to ask you about sustainability because it's a, a big thing for us these days and ID Dunedin has sustainability as one of its guiding principles. Mm. How can we see that reflected in the exhibition?
3: Uh, in the this exhibition, which is uh, of looking at the emerging designers from 2005 through to the 2019, it's fair to say there's not as much sustainability shown in the garments of the emerging designers as we see now. Now in the emerging designers, it's compulsory. Yes. Don't bother entering unless you've got a really fantastic yes. sustainability statement. When we uh, at the disruption through design, sustainability is mainly seen through wellness and sustainability of culture,
1: uh, of mental health. And so, so those are really some of the themes that are emerging mm. through the garments mm. and what sits behind their creation mm. uh, by the designers. Um, can you give us perhaps some other examples of how, how those things – we've talked about the Kardashian bottom mm-hmm. uh, and, I guess, uh, body image and, to an extent, gender issues. Mm. What about the well-being aspect of things? Where else do you see that? conveyed through the design of a garment?
3: Well, through the exhibition, there's some fascinating boxer shorts with the phantom that were designed to help with um, increased sperm count. Right. Whether they worked or not, who knows? We don't know, but we thought they were quite a humorous um, aspect of well-being yes. That's, yes. Uh, that's in the exhibition. Another um, act of well-being, I guess, in the exhibition is the design by Alessandro Uh, It's his coming out outfit that um, is a physical expression of him coming out to his father.
1: And that's quite an extraordinary garment, both for its complexity and its design, Mm. but also for what it meant for him. Mm. Mm. And So all of these garments that you have, how did you get them in order to put them into the exhibition? Because I know... Pre-COVID, of course, designers would come to Dunedin for the final. They would bring their garments mm. with them, and then at the end, they'd pack them off and to- mm. pack them up and tootle off home mm. again. So there must have been a little bit of detective work required on your part and Craig's in order to find them again, was there? Yes, Craig and I had to become quite the digital stalkers. I have to
3: confess, <laughs> uh, we've—I've got images of all of the designers over the all of the years, and so laying them out and looking at the the different uh, collections that we'd like to see represented in the exhibition, uh, reaching out to all of those designers. Some didn't get back to us. Some we were determined to get, uh, so we kept pushing and pushing and pushing, either through their teachers at their former schools Mm. or any way we could.
1: And I think some of them have since donated garments to the museum collection.
3: Yes, so... um, Paul from RMIT in Australia has donated his fantastic uh, sustainable piece, actually. It's uh, made from dead stock from eight shirts that he's sewn back together to the most, make the most amazing dress. And also, I understand that Raquel is going to donate her digital printed dress. Actually, that was one of the fastest things to get to New Zealand, all the way from Iceland, which is wow. incredible.
1: Well, now that you've announced it on public radio, she'll have to uh, she donate it, won't she? <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about ID Dunedin before, mm. and so perhaps you can tell us, by way of a bit of a public announcement again, what mm. does ID have in store for us this mm. year? Well, this year we've got a ID Dunedin
3: Fashion Weekend, which is going to be fantastic, opening on the Friday with a f- symposium, uh, then an opening event that's going to be quite uh, edgy and run by students. It's going to be fantastic. Saturday night is going to be the gala fashion event. We're going to be having not only the 11 emerging designers from across New Zealand, we're also going to have the godmothers of
1: Dunedin fashion showing the new collections. Fantastic. And of course the film from Natural History New Zealand repeating last year's successful formula. So that's on June the 18th and 19th. Correct. Fantastic. That sounds absolutely superb. And while glamorous outings continue to be in quite short supply, great for the fashionistas of Dunedin and other parts of New Zealand to have this to look forward to again this year. Thanks to you, Margot, and to Craig uh, for joining us on Sightlines today. If you haven't seen it yet, there's still plenty of time to catch Fashion Forward, Disruption Through Design, on display at the Otago Museum in all its glory until the 17th of October. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Sightlines, which is also available on podcast from the Otago Access Radio website. That's oar.org.nz. Next time, we'll be talking to Conservatives Jenny Sherman and Linda Waters about secrets and stories from the back of a painting. Don't miss it. I'm Sally McMillan, and Sightlines is brought to you by the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Society.